Welcome to the Sheriff, Wallace, and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, the interview series. I'm here with Jeopardy James, uh, James Holtower. James, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, I, I have to be very honest, I was at home recently, and uh, back in Canada, and my dad was complaining about how this guy has ruined Jeopardy. <laughs> I was like, I said to my brother, what's he talking about? He goes, well, the guy that, that won all the money here, Frank, that's my father, he doesn't like the way he plays. And uh, it's interesting, I was you know, kind of doing some research for this program, and you really, you know, uh, you really changed the way people look and look at Jeopardy and the way they play the game. Yeah, I'm hearing this a lot about the uh, idea that someone has ruined the game. It's kind of silly. You know, it's been on for 35 years. No one's broken it yet. No one can break it. But, um, you know, I found a different way to play it. Uh, kind of more fits my style. Uh, fascinating. And uh, so you had a real a, a tremendous run. You won 32 games. And in the 32 games, amassed... Uh, $2,462,216. Only Ken Jennings, who won 74 games, uh, won more money than you. He won won just over $2.5 Fascinating to me in that you're... Obviously, you have to be really trivia savvy because just because you you picked different uh, squares, you still have to get the answers correct. Yeah, of course, you know, everyone wants to focus on what this guy is doing differently than all the other contestants, so a lot of it has been on the big daily double bets and the strategy of picking clues out of order, um, but really, you know, what it boils down to is buzzer timing and knowing your stuff, uh, and if I didn't have that, then none of the strategies would have mattered. Yeah, though that sort of are the three things of the th- foundations of the way you approached it were obviously great trivia knowledge, two, you did do some work on studying how to how to use the buzzer, and then three, using an analytic method towards your gambling. Yeah, not just knowing the stuff, but knowing how to put it in your brain so that you can get it with only a couple seconds uh, when the camera's on. Really got to work on quick recall. That, you know, we'll get to the Golden Knights because I know you're a big Knights fan in, in a moment, but playing under pressure and you, you know, you put yourself because of how much money you gambled. Your your bets, your average bet was higher than anybody else's ever in the history of the game. You added a lot of pressure on yourself by playing it that way. I guess you could say that, but really, what I thought of is, you know, I do a lot of betting on sports, of course, as my job. And you see coaches who they're afraid to throw the long ball or go for a big play that's you know could put the game away sometimes and i think that they're costing themselves the ability to win you know they're they're hurting their chances of winning the game by not taking what looks like a risk in the middle of the game and to me you know betting big on a daily double is helping my chances of winning and i I would say it was relieving the pressure if anything because you know i know if i put together a big lead i could ice the game up and not have to worry about it in final Uh, i'm surprised that it it was going to take a really good player to beat you, um, you know, you go back to your final game and look at it and sort of say, I could have done a few things differently? Uh, you know, I would say no. I didn't answer any questions wrong. You know, Emma beat me on the buzzer quite a bit and she found the daily doubles in double jeopardy. There was really nothing more I could have done. Just, you know, hope for a lucky miss from her. But she played a great game too and that was about all there was to it. 
Do you miss it now that it's that now that it's kind of behind you for a while? A little bit. You know, I think I'll be back for Tournament of Champions at some point. And, you know, there's all this talk that they're going to have me face Ken Jennings at some point. And I can't speculate on that. But it, it, I think that it would be a good move for Jeopardy to have this uh, program. So <laughs> Yeah, even my father, who thinks you ru- ruined the game, would tune in for that. <laughs> I'm just joking about that, I guess. Uh, no, you know, even the, even the people who thought uh, I was ruining stuff, they still watch. So. Exactly, yeah. Um, <laughs> Was it fun in the moment? Like, it must have been... Uh, like I talk to hockey players all the time, and when they're on a streak, they can't wait to get back out on the ice that night because they know, you know, when Jonathan Marcheseau is shooting, he knows it's going to go in, and so he can't wait to play. Were you, was, was it like the zone for you? Yeah, you know, that was the exact words I was thinking. It was, I did kind of feel in the zone. So for those of you who don't know, the Jeopardy tapes 10 games a week. They do five games on one day and then five games the next day. And a lot of players have talked about the fatigue that sets in when they've won a few episodes and they, you know, their brain is burnt out. Their legs are getting wobbly from standing all that time. But I really felt more, you know, comfortable as I went on. If anything, I thought that the home field advantage was growing with every episode. So you change. So I didn't know that. So it's like you'd go in on a Monday and do five, and and five more on the Tuesday. Would there be days in between it? Or uh, Trebek had a pretty good schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that what happens is they they tape Wheel uh, Wheel of Fortune on the next stage over, and I think a lot of the staff works. They do like a Tuesday, Wednesday on Jeopardy, and a Thursday, Friday on Wheel, and that's the work week for these guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, you get five days off, or sometimes they'll take a week off taping. You get twelve days off but yeah you knock out 10 episodes kind of in quick order so it does take a little mental stamina so you know there's so many things that kind of come to mind when you're watching it like you know sometimes someone's like why did he wear that shirt he's on tv (laughs) so were were you getting uh, were you getting some fashion tips not that you're a stylish guy did did you do it all on your own or what did you get some help and did you go out and buy special clothes for this or you know what what was what behind all that uh, so I had some nice dress clothes, you know, from weddings, and I worked a summer as a volunteer English teacher in Thailand. I had to dress up for that, so I have a lot of tailored shirts from the Thai tailors that I still sure. had in my closet from years ago. Uh, I'll say I don't normally dress like that for my work here in Vegas, especially in the summer. But, um, you know, I, I felt comfortable in the dress clothes up there, so that was all I really needed. Awesome. This is The whole thing's pretty fascinating to me. So, uh, you mentioned that you uh, your job in Vegas, and uh, you are... Uh, so, just to go back a little bit about your history, you, you kind of got into Jeopardy watching the shows uh, with your grandmother, and uh, you were obviously very gifted at math, and uh, that was a, a big part of sort of your you know, your education, and then you were thinking about becoming an actuary, but got into sports gambling. Tell us how that happened. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, I kind of find the career by accident, but at the same time, you know, if I knew as a kid that there were a thing that's kind of like the stock market, but for sports teams, it would have been my dream job from a young age. Uh, I played a lot of online poker in college, and, you know, when you are playing online poker you see these ads for sports books and you kind of uh, get the idea of huh you know I'm already looking at these sports statistics anyway maybe there's a way to make some money off of this Uh, and you know I kind of had this idea like okay this could be a fun dalliance but I should go get a real job and actuary seemed like a good thing but I I never passed a job interview to be an actuary if I had who knows uh, what path I might have taken but you know I needed to pay the bills somehow and this is something I was good at that's turned into a lucrative career 
When you were playing online poker in college, were you make were you making money? Oh yeah, um, I mean it wasn't a ton, but it was certainly enough to pay the rents and uh, expenses and things like that. Uh, and you know, I, was, I saved enough away to have a starting bankroll for sports betting. You know, it's a thing. Like you could have the best picks in the world, but if you don't have any money, you can't make a career out of it. But just luckily, I had this money. Uh, to get me started. Well, the reason I ask is Bill Foley played the stock market when he was at West Point <laughs> and, and made some money. And uh, we should get the two of you together to compare your uh, uh, your, your experiences in that regard. What? Uh, so take us through a day of what a, what a sports gambler does. Uh, so it depends a lot on what day it is, of course. If it's, say, a college football Saturday, you wake up in the morning, you're already uh, looking at which way the winds are blowing. You're kind of looking a lot you know college football Saturdays about 60 games and all those have a halftime line and you know the way they stack the games up kind of a lot of games are hitting halftime at once and really this is kind of your your big advantage is you can go in prepared uh, and halftime betting they kind of have this idea they need to get a line up uh, and you know with one minute of thought or something like that and they don't always do the best job on that Uh, you want to as a pro kind of attack those lines that they haven't thought about too much. You look for value buys. Yeah, you know, and if you're if you're betting a college game like the pregame line on Saturday morning, people have had a week to uh, weigh in their opinions on this and it's kind of hard to find value there, but uh, what I, what I like to focus on is things like halftime bets or they release new in-game odds during the commercial breaks and these are things that they haven't had much time to think about and you if you're paying attention to the game, you can uh, see things and notice that the math is off and that's that's where you strike. Oh, fascinating. What? Uh, so you're living in Vegas, and you uh, you hear this rumor. You're a Chicago Blackhawks fan because you grew <laughs> up in uh, Naperville, Illinois. You hear this rumor that there's going to be a, a a professional and NHL hockey team coming to Vegas. That gets you excited? Oh, definitely. You know, seeing the city gets first pro sports franchise was a huge deal, and I think uh, maybe pro football is my favorite sport to watch, but hockey would be a close second behind. And I think like. To watch in person at the stadium, hockey's number one, no doubt. Uh, I was concerned though because I saw the, how the Coyotes have really struggled in a similar market uh, there. You know, there's all this talk they would have to move back to Canada, uh, just you know, to survive. And I, I have to say, I was uh, surprised and impressed by the way the city has embraced the team. Uh, you know, kept the game selling out all the time. It's really great to see. How often do you go to the games? You know, uh, not as often as I should. I would say uh, a few times a season. A lot of uh, the time I'm working, you sure, know, or yeah. parenting. That's kind of like I have two full-time jobs. So. And do you enjoy the games? Oh, definitely. It's uh, There's nothing like the, the energy at the T-Mobile. It's just wonderful. It is pretty incredible. You know, the energy at... Uh, United Center when they when they sing the the Star Spangled Banner, <laughs> that is uh, sort of that is the height of energy at their games, and I often I'm sitting at a Golden Knights game and I'm going, it's like Chicago, but for the whole game, like it is incredible how how the energy gets and how long it lasts. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. I, uh, you know, I love the Madhouse on Madison, but. It's- T-Mobile has won my heart over. <laughs> well, who do you go to the games with? Uh, so I have a friend who is a season ticket holder, even though he lives, he grew up in Naperville also. He lives still lives outside Chicago, and he actually bought season tickets uh, to the Knights. And I, I thought, like, why why is he doing this? You know, he would make a few trips to come out to, I don't know, maybe 10 games a year, but he made a killing selling the rest of the uh, the seats. Although I think that he got his license revoked for uh, <laughs> selling on an unsupported uh, third-party site. So <laughs> that's unfortunate. <laughs> 
well, uh, I have another good friend who was a he grew up uh, in Montreal as a Habs fan, but you know has adopted the Knights as his second team also. Awesome. Now, when the Blackhawks are in Vegas, <laughs> what are you wearing? Oh, still a Knights uh, oh, no jersey, kidding. but uh, you know it's. It's one of those things where it's okay either way, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, excellent. Um, now, what you've, you've, you've obviously, you know, you earned quite a bit of money, and I've noticed you've done some uh, some charitable things. What uh, you know, what sort of, how does this change your life? Uh, yeah. So you know, there's a few. <laughs> Sorry. So a few things, uh, you know. First of all, I, I, there's a story I don't know if you read this about J.J. Watt when he signed his big contract. He Googled what do rich people buy, and you know, like to some extent, I was th- looking at this money and thinking, like, man, you know, this is more than I can spend. What is something better that I could do with this? Uh, and you know, I've never been a huge charitable donor before, but I'm trying to learn as I go, as they say. Uh, you know, looking at places that are kind of converting the money most efficiently to good causes. Um, children's charities are a particular thing I'm looking at, and it's been nice. You know, a lot of these places are inviting me in to kind of meet the kids, tell me their mission, their vision, and, you know, getting to talk to these people, it's really uh, something makes me feel like uh, it's making a real difference. Yeah, good for you. Did did your daughter miss you when you were uh, when you were away taping Jeopardy? So you know, my daughter is a huge blabbermouth, and if I told her I'm going back to tape Jeopardy, she would have said something about like, "Oh, Papa's taping Jeopardy again." And you know, once once that word gets out, everyone knows. Okay, he's going on a long winning streak. So I had to tell her I was going on a work trip, and luckily she's four, and the idea that uh, her dad needs to leave. Las Vegas to go to California to go work on gambling is not a foreign concept to her. So now what's, uh, you know, is there, I got, it it seems to me you've amassed like some really great experience and knowledge. Is there a book? Is there a movie in in your future? You know, I don't know. I think that's, uh, I enjoy writing. I could see myself writing a book. I don't know about a a movie that's, uh, might be a little far-fetched, but you know, a lot of people are approaching me with offers to go do public speaking or go work in sports analytics. And you know, there, there are some very good offers and I haven't, uh, weighed them fully yet, but there's lots, a lot of options if I want to. You mentioned this. you mentioned analytics. Uh, is that part of your enjoyment of hockey? There is a big movement in uh, you know, like there's like Bill James in baseball, and then obviously you know there's a t- there's been a real mo- movement in 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 the NHL to study the game using math and using analytics to determine to predict. And um, is that something you, that, that that is interesting to you? Yeah, you know, I'm not sure that it helps my enjoyment of the sport, but I, I can't turn it off uh, when I'm watching a game. You know, it's the I'll take a look at the shots on goal. I went to uh, Game Six of the Sharks series, and it just infuriated me seeing the shots on goal totals pile up for uh, the hometown team. And I think the final shot tally was like 60 to 30 or something like that. But you know, it doesn't uh, always convert to the win column. Um, but you know, hockey I think is more of a, a fluid sport. In baseball, especially, there's so much time between pitches. You can, if you're really into this kind of stuff, you can kind of see the numbers ticking in your brain. Like, okay, it's a one-two count now. This is really uh, hurting the batter by exactly this percent. Um, I think it's you know, hockey it moves too fast to really get too bogged down in that. The uh, well, who's your favorite player? Ooh, uh, good question. You know, uh, Ryan Reeves, maybe just the <laughs> energy uh, he brings to. The equation. You like you like Ryan Reeves. Interesting. I had a uh, a friend who 
ended up golfing in a golfing foursome with Ryan Reeves uh, a couple weeks ago, and I, I said like, oh, I picture him as a guy who throws his club uh, if he hits a bad shot. He's like, well, actually, he uh, had a, played about six holes and then just decided he was done and uh, went home. <laughs> I thought, yeah, that fits. <laughs> he probably had uh, he probably had to train that day. You got a little tired. What? Um, uh, the, the the games going to the games like what sort of is your experience you know do you get there early do you get do you hang around uh, the strip a little bit tell us about your about James's trip to a Golden Knights game um I like to get there a little early just so everything's not rushed you know I kind of enjoy the all the pregame spectacles too uh, that's you know a big part of the enjoyment of the experience for me. Uh, I like they have a Pink's hot dog stand there. I like uh, I like getting my uh, nice chili dog. Uh, yeah. Other than that, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you know, I I always try to time my bathroom break so I don't miss any actual action. Uh, <laughs> other than that, just kind of focused on the on ice uh, stuff. You know, I don't understand these people who are on their phones during the game. It's uh, it's hockey. You blink, you miss a goal. <laughs> now you used to play trivia with some guys. Uh, Quinn's was the name of the pub at mm-hmm. uh, Green Valley Ranch. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, it's just kind of a fun thing we would do on Tuesdays. It was, you know, this is a place where everyone has weird work weeks, but everyone kind of tried to time their Tuesdays so we could have them off. We go uh, to a friend's house that was near Quinn's, throw some bean bags, and go to the trivia afterwards. Can you go back to Quinn's? <laughs> Once you've been well, to Jeopardy, Quinn, can you go back to Quinn's? Quinn's doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't. But I'm, <laughs> I'm under the impression that they don't uh, kick you out of any local pub trivias for winning too much. If anything, they'd probably be happy to post a picture on their social media. So, like, I mean, well, I mean like, can you go back with your pals and and go and do it? Would there be some fun for that in in, in that for you? Um, I guess you could say that. Uh, you know, people are busy with their lives now. A lot of us have kids or uh, wives, and you know, can't just meet up uh, for a late night trivia whenever we want to but I still go out sometimes with people excellent excellent well James thanks so much for stopping by and uh, you know the Golden Knights are thrilled that you're part of uh, part of the fan base and that you're enjoying the games thanks very much thank you <laughs> you're listening to the Sheriff Lawless and some guy named Dave podcast the interview series I'm Gary Lawless thanks for listening